Welcome to the Chosen People Radio Program, a production of Chosen People Ministries. On this program, you'll hear inspiring stories, learn about messianic apologetics, and discover God's plan for Israel and you. Now let's welcome our hosts, Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries, and Robert Walter, our New York Regional Director. Well, shalom, dear friends. So glad that you've taken a little bit of your time to join us for the Chosen People Program. And uh, with me is Bobby Walter, the leader of our New York regional efforts. And uh, Bobby, how are things going in New York City? Yes, thank you, Mitch. Uh, things are going okay. You know, it's a little chilly right now. We're in the middle of the winter, but uh, we're looking forward to, uh, to brighter days in the future. Are you warming people's hearts with the gospel? That's what's important. We're, we're certainly trying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I hear that um, there's at least a little bit of a movement among more religious Jewish people. I know we can't go into any real specifics, but what do you, is that true? What do you see happening? Yeah, you know, I, I would say that there's certainly a lot more curiosity and, um, and some more openness. And mm. over the past... Probably two years now, we've seen uh, we've seen more movement, if we want to call it that, among the the very religious Jewish people here in New York, in the New York area, uh, than we have in years before. Yeah, I, I, well, I I've only been doing this here almost thirty five years, and I've never seen it. So you know, it's it's pretty good. But we're having conversations, good conversations. Yes. Yeah, well, that's that's fantastic. Yes, well, yeah, up, and we're we're trying to produce work. some new materials too, in Yiddish, um, which is the wow. heart language of so many in that community. Wow, and um, people can learn more about this by going to the chosenpeople.com website. I assume there's a little bit on there. Yeah, I mean, we we're very careful. We are very because, careful. Yeah, because people could really end up, you know, if we gave a name. You know, they could un- end up under a lot of pressure. We don't want that to happen. Correct. Yeah. Yes. But but it is something folks can pray for. Yes, certainly. Yeah. Certainly. And if you're interested, if you want a copy of a, a Yiddish New Testament, you can reach out to us at chosenpeople.com slash radio. Let us know that you're listening. Oh, okay. Yeah. You can learn Yiddish. And that's the language my parents spoke when they didn't want me to know what they were saying. <laughs> it's one of those. Well, listen, we are excited about continuing our study on the names of God, and we're going to uh, follow this principle. We believe the names of God are windows into his very character. And last week I said, I I feel like they're Chagall windows, you know, because uh, they're really rich and beautiful and creative and colorful and powerful and moving. And when when you know the name, then you know a lot more about God and about his character. And, you know, when we started this journey, actually, we, we mentioned the fact that Jesus, who we call Yeshua sometimes, his Hebrew name, that Jesus actually prophetically had a number of Hebrew names that described his character. And, of course, since he's God in the flesh, describes the character of God. And uh, back in Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, we read this, and his name will be called Wonderful counsel, that's Peleoetz, almighty God, right? That's uh, El Gibor. El Gibor. And it's not really, um, it's, it's more than mighty. It's, it's more the idea of a warrior, that God fights for you. You know, we got to get these straight. Okay, so El Gibor. And then 
Uh, the last one is Sar Shalom, Prince of Peace. But I want to focus just for a second here on the third Hebrew couplet in this triad of Hebrew names. Mm-hmm. And that is Avi Ad, Eternal Father. Avi Ad. And it means eternal to no end. So there are going to be a number of Hebrew words that will describe the same concept, that God is the never-created one. He's the always-existent one. He's the one upon whom all else, every person, everything created uh, depends because he has always been there and we have not. (laughs) And... And so we have a number of words and a number of names that help us understand this concept of God's eternal nature. And um, so one of those names that I really love is uh, El Olam. Olam is, is the Hebrew word for everlasting, right. one of the Hebrew words, and, but it's a very important Hebrew word. And we know, and we'll get into more depth, that El is one of the names uh, for God. And uh, literally, it, if you translate it, it means God. Mm-hmm. Now, remember, I grew up in a very religious atmosphere, not my home necessarily, but I went to modern Orthodox Hebrew school and everything else. We never used the name for God, really. We would just say Adonai or Hashem, the name. And so uh, even when I use these names, particularly Jehovah, when we get to that, oh my, I barely tough to say it, right? Tough to say it, you know, uh, because his names are so holy. But this whole idea of God being eternal and everlasting God. Now, we broke down God's attributes into two categories, two major categories communicable and incommunicable. Mm -hmm. Love, mercy, grace would be, or justice, that would be communicable when God uh, breathed life into Adam, he created man in his image. He stamped Adam and all of us with his image. That image was marred by our sin. And now God is uh, in the process, particularly when we come to Jesus as our Messiah. He not only, as one pastor said, he cleans you up. And so he not only cleans us up, but he also gives us his, his spirit so that we have him in our lives. And so uh, we understand that we're never going to be eternal. We will live forever, but we're not eternal because we had a beginning. Mm-hmm. Now, the fact that we don't have an end is pretty pretty good, and I look forward to that, particularly in a new body, Bobby. Yes. Not the old one. <laughs> in the new one. Yeah. Okay? I felt that. And, yeah. And so, but El Olam, God everlasting, the everlasting God. So, Part of the nature of God is that he's everlasting. Now, later on, we'll talk about how that can really apply to our lives and bless us. Now, Bobby, one of the names uh, for God that is in the book of Daniel, which is an incredibly uh, picturesque name, is the Ancient of Days. Yes. Ancient of Days. It's, it's, the Hebrew is different. It's not El Olam or Elohei Olam or one of the words uh, built on Olam. But it still speaks to the same attribute. Ancient of days, Daniel chapter 7, verse 9. Can you read that for us? Yeah, yeah, sure. So Daniel is uh, receiving this vision of the throne room of God, and this is what he says. 
I kept looking until thrones were set up, which is interesting because it's, he sees more than one throne. It's plural. Thrones were set up and the mm. ancient of days took his seat. His vesture was like white snow and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was ablaze with flames. Its wheels were a burning fire. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's magnificent and awesome. So we worship a God who is the ancient of days. That doesn't mean that he's old. It just means that he's, there have been no days without him. So uh, he is the ancient of days. He is the one who is uh, above and beyond all days. I mean, he goes even further than days because in the book of Genesis, he created the days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's before days. And so the ancient of days, another one, I believe, is in Genesis twenty-one thirty-three. Can you read that to us, Bobby? Yes. So Genesis twenty-one thirty-three, it says this: Abraham planted a tamarisk tree at Beersheba, and there he called on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God, which is uh, the El Olam, like you said earlier, Mitch, uh, pointing to just this this fact that you know God, who created all things exists outside of time and space. He is, you know, a nice word that I learned in seminary. He is transcendent, which means that he transcends everything that we can observe and experience in our lives. Now, what's also wonderful from my perspective is that because we understand from Scripture that the Son, the Son is, is also God, we, we are triune. We believe that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and uh Theologians have tried to help us understand what that means. I'm okay with a little bit of mystery. Clearly, the triune nature or the Trinity is clear in Scripture to me. We see a, quite a bit of it in, in the Old Testament as well in the, in the New Testament. And so it's no uh, mystery, so to speak, that the Son shares the same attributes as the Father. Right. We know from Philippians chapter 2 that in the incarnation, he limited those attributes. He didn't limit his commu- the communicable attributes to, to some degree, but he, he definitely limited the non-communicable attributes. But he is still God. And um, one place where we see that, uh, along with Isaiah 9-7 uh, that we read earlier, Another place we see that is in Micah 5.2. Now, Micah 5.2, if you're going to read in your Jewish Bible, it's Micah 5.1. So not all the... (laughs) It's a little confusing to Christians because sometimes the Jewish translation has a little bit of a difference in verses, but we do not believe the verses are inerrant and inspired, do we, Bobby? No, no. As long as the text is there, uh, we're okay. Yeah. Yeah, So... so Don't Micah worry 5, about the numbers. Right. So Micah 5.2, uh, and this is that famous prophecy about the birthplace of the Messiah. It says this, But as for you, Bethlehem Ephratah, too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you, one will go forth for me to be a ruler in Israel. His goings now, forth are from long ago, from the days yeah. of eternity. Wowie zowie. Let's unpack this one. So Bethlehem Ephratah, it's the Bethlehem that was about five miles from uh, Jerusalem. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it was from the tribe of Judah. That's important because the Messiah would have to be from the tribe of Judah, Genesis 49, 10. 
That's a messianic prophecy that tells us this exactly. He will be a ruler. He will be Jewish. He'll be from Israel. But then in verse 2 of Micah 5, we get something that's just incredible. His goings forth are from long ago. That's the Hebrew word kedem. Mm -hmm. We use the word, or the Bible uses the word kedem. uh, And if you do a study of of the Old Testament, you'll see whenever the Hebrew word kedem and the Hebrew word um, olam are used together, it's almost always, in fact, I can't think of any exceptions, it's used of, of God himself. And so Micah, who is a contemporary of Isaiah, was trying to say something very, very clear here under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. His goings forth are from long ago, Kadem, from the days of eternity, mm. forever. And so when you put those two together, there's no doubt that this ruler who's going to be Jewish, who is going to come from Bethlehem, which, by the way, means house of bread. So the bread of life comes from the house of bread. I throw that in at no extra money. <laughs> and, and so we have someone who is obviously God in the flesh. Right. It's not just any human ruler. Right. It's, it's God in the flesh. And so one of the prophetic names for Jesus indicates that he is both eternal and divine. Right. And because that's the only way to be eternal. And so I think that's great. I think it's phenomenal uh, and fascinating and mind-blowing too, because, you know, this is one of those questions about the eternal, everlasting nature of God that a lot of times Mm. kids will grapple with when they're thinking about God. I remember I've had cousins, my own children, even some of my older relatives ask me sometimes, who created God? You know? (laughs) and uh, It's a normal question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's difficult for our human minds to really grasp this reality that he is eternal, that he, again, exists outside of time and space. He's not only is he transcendent, he's also imminent. He's involved in all creation, um, uh, but he's, he's not bound by time. Uh, so all throughout Scripture, throughout the Tanakh, the Old Testament, we see God described in this way. From eternity to eternity, you are God, right? Psalm 90, yeah. verse 2. Uh, and, and the passages that we just read through. And then on top of that, to have prophecies about the Messiah uh, that talk about him being the same way, that his days are from eternity, that's, it's again, it's, it's sort of mind-blowing. And then when we, when we come to the New Testament, sure enough, when, when Yeshua, when Jesus comes on the scene, uh, we see that the authors of the New Testament affirm that eternal nature of Yeshua, of Jesus the Messiah. So, Mitch, if I can, just from Colossians 1, I'll just read verse 15, uh, starting in verse 15, talking about Yeshua, talking about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn Mm. of all creation. For by him, all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Boy, I'll tell you, the Apostle Paul must have seen something quite phenomenal in that third heaven <laughs> to write like that, yeah. you know? Um, now, that, that's a, a great passage. What uh, is also really 
uh, interesting to me is the con- confrontation Jesus had with the Jewish leaders in the Gospel of John. I mean, and you could you could tell from the early chapters of John how things start stepping up and the intensity of the conflict uh, continues. And one of the major points, if not the major point of the conflict, was the fact that he claimed to be God. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will say, Jesus never claimed to be God in the New Testament. Show me one passage where Jesus claimed to be God. They write off what Paul says. Well, Jesus did claim to be God, John 8, 58. Mm-hmm. Jesus said to them, he was, tell, he was trying to explain to the Jewish people that Abraham's great, but he was greater. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, verse 57, let me just go back. So the Jewish leader said, you're not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? <laughs> I kind of love that dialogue. And verse 858, Jesus said, truly I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. You know, I, I was brung up in the New York City school system, and so my tenses were pretty tense. <laughs> And, um, but I did learn, I learned English when I learned Greek in, in, in seminary and yeah. in, in Bible college. But I can tell you right now that Yeshua is playing around with, with, with the verbs, you know? So before Abraham was born, I am. Mm-hmm. And we'll relate to that when we get to uh, look at the word Jehovah as well. And how was that understood? Therefore, they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. And so they understood that he was, it was an idolatrous uh, type of statement on the part of Jesus. He was claiming equality uh, with God. But what attribute was he hanging on? Eternality. Mm-hmm. Eternally. In other words, God, the Father, is eternal. I am eternal. I and the Father, he would say, are one. And I think that that's really important. So when we say Jesus is the Messiah, wow, we need an elevated view of this, don't we? I mean, sometimes because he limited his attributes, incommunicable attributes on earth, you know, and hung on a cross in weakness and humility. And of course, he could have called down thousands of angels, but he didn't even need angelic help. He in himself was eternal. He limited his attributes, but that doesn't mean he wasn't who he always was. He was. He was God in the flesh with all of the incommunicable and communicable attributes. He was eternal, even while hanging on the cross. He rises from the dead in power. He ascends to the right hand of the Father and sits there as co-regent over our currently fallen world until the day comes when he returns and sits on the throne of David with Jerusalem as his capital. And in that day, the knowledge of God will fill the earth as the waters fill the sea. I'm so excited about this. (laughs) And so he will be all in all. He is eternal. When we talk about believing in Yeshua, you know, we're not talking about believing in a baby in a manger. We true. He was a baby in a manger. He was small and cute and, and, and everything else a baby is. He was weak. He was frail. He was whipped. His skin was shredded. He was hanging on a cross. And yes, that's true. But he was still the eternal, all-powerful Savior. That is our Jesus. He is eternal. And dear friend, if today life is disturbing you, you know, wars, rumors of wars, financial uh, instability, 
I mean, there is so many relational instability. There are so many things that can shake us. But remember, he is our rock. He is eternal. He never changes. He is the one that we can stand on and live our life with confidence and joy. He is our eternal Savior, Jesus. The Jewish people are scattered throughout the world. You might live in the middle of a Jewish community or in the middle of the heartland with no Jewish neighbors for a hundred miles. Maybe your best friend in college was Jewish or the only interaction you've had was watching a Jewish actor on TV. Maybe you visited Israel and fell in love with the land and its people, or you haven't, and visiting Israel would be a dream come true. No matter where you live, who you know, or what you do, one thing is true. Israel and the Jewish people have played a huge role in world history and are still an important part of God's plan. After all, God chose this tiny people group to bring salvation to the whole world. Through Messiah Jesus. If it weren't for the Jewish people, we would not have a relationship with the Father as we have it today. But sadly, many Jewish people still do not know Jesus as their Messiah, and God's heart still breaks for them. So let's join in their story, playing the role that God wants us to play in their salvation. As Paul wrote, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Romans 1.16 do you want to see the power of God? Unite with his heart to reach the Jewish people for Jesus, and you will see him unleash his purpose, promise, and power in your church and community like never before. Let's make God's priority our priority. At the heart of every believer is a desire to walk in the ways of the Savior. So, we'd like to encourage you to go deeper by connecting with our Messiah's culture and the things he holds dear. Throughout the Gospels, we read that Jesus was a Jewish man in Jerusalem. And to help you discover the past, present, and prophetic impact, we have a variety of articles, books, and newsletters that will help you to learn more. And you can even invite one of our speakers to your local church. To learn more or to request a church presentation, visit us online at chosenpeople.com radio. That's chosenpeople.com slash radio. You're listening to The Chosen People, which is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries. Thank you so much for joining us today. This ministry exists to pray for, evangelize, disciple, and serve Jewish people everywhere, and to equip believers to do the same. So if you'd like to know more about us, let me encourage you to stop by our website and explore. You'll find us online at chosenpeople.com slash radio. And we even have a free gift for you just for connecting with us today. That's right, Bobby. The book, great book, Why Israel, explores Israel through the lens of Scripture, bringing clarity to this sometimes controversial topic, such as, has the church replaced Israel in God's plan? Does Israel still have a hope for the future? What about the modern state of Israel today? This book by Tommy Fretwell is an introductory study about the role God's given to the Jewish people and the land of Israel. Tommy writes with spiritual passion and insight. I know you're just going to love this book. So we'll send this gift to you for free when you say hello at chosenpeople.com slash radio. You can also ask for the book, Why Israel? by Thomas Fretwell when you call us at 888-293-7482. 
or by writing to us at Chosen People Ministries, 241 East 51st Street in New York, New York, 10022. And now let's wrap up today's program with the ironic benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. B'Shem Shel Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom. In the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace.